G'day! I know I said there wouldn't be any more podcasts from Australia, but I am still at the Brisbane Writers' Festival, and when you hang out in the green room, there's authors, and then you talk to them, and you think, you know, this would make a good podcast. So I finally worked up my nerve to approach authors and say, would you mind speaking into my laptop for a minute so I could ask you a couple questions? I sat down with Justine Lavalestier, Scott Westerfield, and Graham Simpson to talk about the festival, what they're writing, what they're doing, and in the case of Mr. Simpson, his book that's coming out in October of this year in the States. It's already been out in Australia and been a huge hit. The music that you're listening to was provided by Sassy Outwater, and I will have more information at the end of the podcast about who this is. And podcast sponsor Intermix would like you to know about all of you, the emotional and sexy new adult romance from debut author Christina Lee. I'll have more information at the end of the podcast. But now, on with the interviews. All right, so I'm sitting here with Justine Lavaworm. <laughs> Justine Lavalestia, a.k.a. Justine, Justine Lavaworm. Now, Lavalestia means the crossbow? It means the crossbower. So an the crossbower? Yeah, an arbalest is old French for crossbow. Yeah. So le so the crossbower. Hence the crossbows on your boots. Yes. Did this inspire you to be a badass from an early age? No. <laughs> no, I think that was just natural. Yeah? Yeah. So here's my super easy two-question podcast interview because you're eating and I don't want to be a douche and interrupt your lunch. And I know you have to go. I interrupted your lunch. That's all right. I like when you interrupt my lunch. So what was something at the Brisbane Writers Festival that you really enjoyed this year? Meeting you. Oh, you're so nice. Thank you. <laughs> no, seriously. I've been wanting to meet you forever. Oh, I thanks. love smart bitches, bitches, bitches. Um, yeah, take that, I books. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I've loved it forever, and you've introduced me to some of my favorite writers, like Cecilia Grant. Oh, isn't I mean, she wonderful? I'm such a romance head, and um, I've been trying to write my own romance book for about 20 years and yep. failing. I think it's the hardest genre to write. Well, maybe the YA thing will work out for you. Yeah, a little bit. You know. Just a bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> but I really want to write a historical romance. So, And I have a plot and everything, and, it's, and I have never seen it before, and I'm so excited about it. But... Um, yeah, I just I can't do it. It's so hard. That's why I so admire Cecilia Grant, Courtney Milan, Tessa Dare. It's Dare, hard to write a good you know, romance. I don't think people realize that and how mm, difficult it is. Yes. You know, just so many wonderful writers out there. Oh, I love um, what's her name? Um, 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 blanking. Uh, I can see the cover of the book, which is weird because I can never oh, remember I usually, romance covers. I usually covers. do. The, tell me the cover. I'll probably be able to uh, get it. Shelley? No, it's not Shelley. Um, Oh, it's gone. It's gone. All right. I've lost all the words. She's awesome. I totally agree. <laughs> no, you do agree. You gave her like A plus reviews. So, oh, yeah. Now Sherry I'm, Thomas. Sherry Thomas. <laughs> My brain was going. Shelly. Have Shelley. you read Meredith Duran? I can't remember. She is a, a language user like Sherry Thomas. She will introduce you to new ways of writing in English that are just exquisite. And you can, she's the type of writer where you can tell that every word was thoughtfully put in place. There's no going through a scene just to move the plot in this direction, every single word is there for a reason. And so when you have that much sort of development and respect for what you're writing, I love reading those books. Um, I mean, wow. for me, that that is kind of... I mean, what I love about all the writers we've mentioned is, you know, pretty good historical research. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Tessa Dare, I love Tessa Dare. She actually... One of the things I love about her is how contemporary the dialogue is, like mm -hmm. contemporary to now. Like, yeah. that, that her not bothering... Yeah. To, like with my historicals, um, and I do have a historical novel coming out next August. I like I check every 
almost everywhere. everywhere to make sure that it could have been used back then. And yeah, it drives me course. insane. And Tessa does not even bother. Yeah, I know. And yet, I love those books. Like, I mean, oh. they, I love them in a different way. Like, it, it, I love the Spindle Co. series yes. because it was such smart heroines doing yeah. neat things. Yeah. So tell us about your historical piece. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, um, it's called Razorhurst. Um, yeah. It's set in Sydney in 1932. It takes place on one day. Dude. And it's the story of a um, street urchin and gangster's mom, and the street urchin can see ghosts. Dude. And she has been living on the streets, but she basically kind of gets looked after by the ghosts. Nice. Um, one ghost teaches her how to read. They point her to where food is. But some of them are assholes, basically. Yeah, some of them aren't. And the story begins when one of the asshole ghosts points her into the direction of the house saying there are all these apples in there. In fact, what is in there is a dead gangster who's had his throat cut open. Oh, that's and so, not cool. And the gangster's mole is standing over him. Um, with no blood on her, clearly hasn't actually right. done this, and they end up kind of going on the run together. Whoa. So, that was a lot of fun to write. That sounds very cool. And a huge body count. I've never done a huge body count before. <laughs> <laughs> so many dead bodies so are in this book. bloody, yeah. Well, in, in Sydney at the time, I mean, there was a law brought in before the First World War banning guns. Yeah. So if you were caught with a gun, that was like years of jail time. So right. everyone switched to cutthroat razor blades. Of course, like you do. Yeah. And so if they were pulled over by the cops, they'd go, you know, and the razor blade would be extracted. They'd just be like, officer, I was just going to give myself a really close shave. Yeah. So, and this, this blood hairless. on it is mine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, totally an accident. Nothing to I see need, here. I need some old, old spice. Yeah, Got yeah. Got any? <laughs> so is that coming out in Australia? In uh, it's in Australia. Winter? It's uh, coming out with Alan and Unwin next August. Um, we haven't sold it in the US yet. Um, I wanted, because it's so Australian, yeah. I wanted to... Bring it into the Australian market? Yeah, and I, and I wanted to go through all the rewrites and make it as absolutely good as Perfect it could be. Perfect as possible. Yeah. Then, what about digital? Is digital Australia only two? Um, at the moment. At so, the moment? Yeah. Right, fingers crossed that we get to read it too. Although, yeah. you know what? I always feel like it's. It, it, I cannot complain if there's a book in Australia that's not available for me. Like I feel like I have no room to complain because that is always true for Australia. It happens to me like twice a year. Yeah, no, I, I just I can't catch. No, it's so annoying. <laughs> I mean, it is really annoying. But, but because I'm an, I am in fact an Australian American because I have dual citizenship. Oh, I also sweet. have dueling credit cards, so I have my. You know, your American card and your Australian yeah, card. Yeah, so I have access to everything except except British titles. So I applaud that. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. So thank you for doing my six-minute podcast interview. I appreciate it. Thank you for asking me. Oh, it was such, such an honor. Little. Thank you. Bye. Howdy. Hello. How are you? Hello. I'm good. Oh, you've got good waveforms. I appreciate your waveforms. They're very, they're very robust. I'm looking at my waveforms now as I talk. They're yeah. okay. Yeah, they're all right. They're big and thick. Which is how you want them to be, so that people can hear them well when they have this cranked up on the kitchen counter. So I am sitting here with Scott Westerfeld, not Field, Feld. Does Thank that you happen for that. a lot? The first, when my first book came out back in 1997, books in print had my name as Westerfield. Oh, and that was back when books of print was, you know, was, was the print, thing. Was a, was A, the thing. And B, it was a physical object, so it couldn't be changed for a year. Nope. And this typo propagated itself across all of the databases. <laughs> of course. And, oh, it's just a nightmare. So it's like you invented your own one-letter different pen name. Yeah. You could write under that name. Well, it was actually, when I first started writing, there was a, a place kicker for a college 
football team yeah. whose name was Scott Westerfield. Ooh. And so it was a, a Google war between me and him. Yeah. To, to Were you an author or a place kicker? Or well, both? No, I was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was an author. He was a place kicker. And of course, when, when place kickers do things, like it gets repeated to a million different places. Of course. Because like everybody has the box score or whatever of they course. call it in football. And it was kind of um, annoying. I don't blame you for being annoyed. But then he got injured. He blew out his knee and I conquered. Now you've won Google. <laughs> yeah, you've I've won, won Google, Google of a name you don't I, have. I now rule Scott Westerfield and Westerfeld. Wow. <laughs> that sounds like a very strange speculative fiction world book right there. So tell me what you have enjoyed most at the Brisbane Writers Festival. What are some things that you've enjoyed while you've been here? Um, I had a really good uh, dystopia panel. I quite yeah. enjoyed it. It was a YA dystopia panel. And because it's Australia, I got to swear in front of a lot of kitties. Isn't that nice? Yeah. And, well, and much more flexible about the swearing here. <laughs> I support that. That was good. Um, I just saw a really good panel with uh, Marjorie Liu. It was quite enjoyable. She's brilliant. And, you know, she, she was talking about comics in, in this case, but I'm sure most of your readers know her as a romance writer. In a way, her, um, you know, I find X-23, her, her, the, that's a fairly romantic at least, oh yes. Even when it's not about relationships necessarily, because X twenty three is such a, a singular, alone kind of character. It totally. still has a, a romantic sensibility. Well, she has a really good emotional fluency. Yeah, exactly. She's, she's very fluent in different emotions, right. not just the romance emotions, yeah. but emotions in general. Right, and X twenty three is a, is also a YA character because yep. she's what fifteen or a yep. lot of it sixteen years old. So I appreciate that. I know, but I really enjoyed that, and it was I just saw a new webcomic called Burger Force, which is really cool. It's a sort of uh, wacky spy drama, and it's done entirely with actors and actresses dressing up in costumes, and they go on location and they shoot things, and then they turn it into a comic. In, black and white. Yeah, like they drain all the color out of it and make it sort of a two-tone comic, and it has this wonderful, almost Edwardian sort of staginess, yep. because it's, and it's all these character, characters. But there's huge postures. Like, when they take yeah. a picture, it's all very huge body movement posturing right. in each image. No one is static. And it's, and, it's, and it's all black and white, so they're always wearing these striped shirts <laughs> yeah. and, you know, giant houndstooth kinds of uh, outfits. And it's totally. In front of these huge geometric, so it has this sort of, like, 1960s pop art look as well. That's awesome. So, what are you working on now? What is next in the Scott Westerfeld uh, listo books? I'm writing a book called Afterworlds, and it's basically it's two novels in one. Ooh. The even number chapters are a paranormal romance, right? About a 17 year old girl who's sort of she has a near death experience, shall we say? And she and she's, she's it's in a terrorist attack, and she's playing dead. So she's she thinks herself into the land of the dead. And she winds up having an affair with this sort of Lord of the Dead kind of psychopomp character. Whoa. So it's a classic paranormal romance. That's the even number chapters. The even number the chapters. The odd number chapters are about the 18-year-old um, girl who wrote that book for NaNoWriMo and sold it for some big, huge amount of money and has moved to New York and is hanging out with a bunch of other YA writers, having deferred college for a year and is having this sort of like new adult kind of classic leaving home for the first time experience. So there's a contemporary and a paranormal right. being told at the same time. Right. And the paranormal is what the contemporary character wrote. Exactly. Dude. Dude. <laughs> Dude, when does that come out? Do you have a pub date for that or are you just like it, having it, fun? It comes out October 28th next year. 20, yeah. So 2014. 14. And it has, um, so, so basically it comes out right before NaNoWriMo. Yeah, because it's a NaNoWriMo referenced book. Exactly. Nice, nice job. And, and it's, it's all about being a young writer and sort of, I, I grabbed, I took all my, you know, friends, my YA writer friends' experiences that they had touring and all, and, and um, 
and and waiting for their first book to come out and crazy copy editing experiences yes. and, and sort of shoved all of them into this one wacky kind of um, you know wacky sort of I guess it's called a Kunstleroman you know the, the, <laughs> yes. the novel about the artist yes. growing up and growing into herself and you can see there's there's kind of like little crossovers between the paranormal because she's rewriting it while right. she's in New York and she's becoming more adult and more aware of what apartments are really like and what it's really like to yes. live alone and, and what's um and what people are like and she's learning new words that, that pop over into the so you so you yes. see this relationship bounce back and forth. That's cool. Is that gonna be published in the States and in Australia or Yes. It's um it's uh, Simon and Schuster. Yeah. And we already have a pub date, so that's pretty good. Um I, I presume Penguin is my Australian publisher, so I presume so, they'll publish it as well. That's awesome. I got to finish it before they before they. Well, yeah, you kind of have to finish the book, but you know. I'm almost done. Yeah. Well, you have a do you have a do have a plane ride today, for an hour and a half. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't work on planes. I don't work well on planes either. It's a rare thing. I I become really infantile on planes. I. I always think uh, flying to Sydney from yes. New York. I have twenty-four hours to do whatever I want. Yeah. It turns out what I want to do is watch five movies in a row. That's right. The, the shittiest movies oh, they've the got. Oh, the most stupid brain candy, bad dialogue movies. It's all the stuff that you you didn't want to watch it because you know it sucked, but yes. but you kind of did want to watch it. Yep. But you, there's no way I could get you could get your partner or even no, any of your friends to go to see go this to piece see of crap. So, but in, a, in an airplane seat. It's yeah. the best movie you've ever just, seen. Just put a towel over your head yeah. so that flight attendants don't flight judge attendant, you. Yes. I find myself reading things that I don't usually read. Like, I will read magazines that I would never pick up elsewhere when I'm on an airplane. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I will download magazines and read them and think, I will never read this in my house. But right now, this is the best piece of reading material I have ever had. Planes make you into a different kind of entertainment consumer. Well, it's interesting. I I'm read most of my stuff electronically these days, but... But there's that sort of 10 minutes on a plane, yep. up and down. When you you're not allowed to. <laughs> so and I'm you like, have to have backup. Right. So you need like some That's analog why. backup. That's why there's SkyMall. <laughs> <laughs> no, not for me. But I do go and um, I do I do find myself reading. I discover magazines that way. Like Frankie is yep. an Australian magazine that I otherwise wouldn't have discovered, which is quite good. Yeah. And um, and, it's, and it's because of my enforced, uh, you know, Analog backup yep. material. You have to have a backup magazine or a backup something to read. Right. Or you can just read the safety card over and over and over and over and over uh, until you take off. Which no, isn't good for your No, must have son. real readings. Bye, Rocco. Baby Rocco has left. No more raspberries in the background. I'm bummed, man. So thank you very much for sitting down with me. It's a pleasure. I love your site. And well, thank I you. enjoy your comment sections. Uh, the, the computer... In, in the room where I compose music, defaults to smart bitches. I love that. Thank you. So, that makes me so happy. Just to remind me that it's there. Until yes. Until I leak through. We're screaming hot pink and not safe for work. And glad you're coming back. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like to introduce you to my podcast audience because you have a book that is coming out in the States in October that I have heard so much about in advance. And it has been a very big hit here in Australia. So would you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your book? and why it might appeal to romance readers. Okay, so I'm Graham Simpson, and my book is called The Rosie Project. And it's the story of Don Tillman, a 39-year-old professor of genetics who's never had a second date. He's an awkward man, good-looking, um, good job, 
not too bad as far as an income is concerned, but he just lacks social skills. So he decides that what he needs to do is to get himself organised, to start the wife project, and he constructs a 16-page double-sided questionnaire to find the perfect woman. Okay. Scientific approach. Scientific approach, because that's the sort of guy he is. Yeah. And is Rosie the person he meets? He meets a woman called Rosie who meets none of the criteria like on his list. She's the worst possible, failed on every criteria, but she has a project of her own, which is to trace her biological father. A task that a certain genetics professor just might be useful in. That's totally in his, in his wheelhouse. Yeah, and he agrees to help trace her biological father by surreptitious DNA testing. Ooh. They know that her mother had a one-night stand on a graduation night with one of the guys in the photo. So they've just got to find which one it is. And so they got to track down all the guys in the photo That's and like right. have them drink a soda and then run a Q-tip over the edge. You've got it absolutely right, yeah. Brilliant. Now, so many of the people that I know of um, in the States, including booksellers from Powell's in Oregon and some re reviewers at Kirkus Reviews have said that your book is a wonderful, wonderful book and that it will really appeal to romance readers. So is it a romance? Look, it's a romantic comedy. Okay. Perfect. So, um, yep, so I think it will appeal to romance readers. It's a love story. It's absolutely then going to appeal to romance readers. And yeah. it's com comedy. Now, I know it's being translated into American English. Yeah. Because you just signed my book, and, <laughs> and, and I have the edition that says lifts instead of elevators, and all the words have an extra U. But it's set in Melbourne. It's set in Melbourne, Australia. And yeah. it's a very Australian story. Well, I don't know. I think it's an international story. Good. I think, yep, Excellent. Yep. Yay. Um, Sony Pictures have optioned it to, uh, to make it into a film. Congratulations. Yeah. And I'm doing the screenplay. And Oh, that is badass. Congratulations. So I'm, I'm very, very happy about that. And th they will almost certainly set it in the USA yeah. in a college town. Um, oh, think, what a bummer. We want to send it in Australia. Well, a lot of Australians think that. But I, look, I think Don is an international character. We, we've um, had this translated, sold translation rights now for 36 languages. Whoa! So, so this, this... 36 languages. Yeah. And the book's only been out since January. That's right, yeah. So oh, um, good on you. We're out now in about 10 countries, 10 or 12 countries, with a lot more, a lot more to come. Um, and it just seems that, that Don is a universal character. We all know someone a bit like Don, and most men have got a little bit of Don, or a lot of Don, in yes. them. They, they like to solve problems rather than react emotionally. Yes. They don't listen enough, all those sorts of things. Absolutely. So this book has been a sort of independent bookseller, bestseller for the past... Six came months. out in January, it's now no, September. So yeah, so seven months. Seven yeah. months. Yeah. There has been a lot of word of mouth. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a new author. This is my first novel. This is your first novel. So it's I've got to rely on word of mouth, and so it's been a slow burn. It's yeah. kept, but it's kept going. It's a marathon rather than a sprint. So my last question: What are some of the things that you have heard readers saying that you have really, really enjoyed about the book? What are some of the compliments you've received that totally made your day? Okay, the the, the three the three biggest things, I guess. One is that people say it's laugh out loud funny. Which and, is always good. Yeah, but there's not a lot of fiction that is genuinely snortingly no. embarrass yourself on the train type of, you know, laugh, laugh out loud, very true. laugh out loud funny. So that's it. people read it in the sitting. They say, I sat down and at three o'clock in the morning I, I finished reading the book. It's not a hard read, but people pick it up and they, they keep turning the pages. So that's, that's very flattering. And I guess the, the moving thing is that people will say, look, we had, um, we know someone or we knew someone in our family who might have passed on or something like that who was just like Don, and for the first time we understand how he thought where he was coming from. It's an inside his view on the, on the awkward professor, if you like. Yeah. 
So um, yeah, if, it's, if it's giving somebody some insight into how other people think, how different people are, then it's a real positive thing. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. I hope this was relatively painless. I'm totally, so excited <laughs> to introduce you to the American readers, and I wish you all the success when your book comes out in October. Thank you very much, Sarah. Thank you. So I am sitting here with Anna Campbell. Hello. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Welcome to Brisbane, my hometown. I love Brisbane so much, so thank you. <laughs> Would you please tell us about what you're reading tonight at the Brisbane Writers' Festival closing ceremony? I'm actually reading the world premiere of the first page of my new novella, His Christmas Cinderella, which is actually going to be part of an anthology with Vanessa Kelly, Kate Noble and Shana Galen. And it's going to be a freebie, so grab lots and lots of them. And it's all based around a, um, a single house in Grosvenor Square, so it's sort of through the ages, 30 years, this... this Enchanted Christmas ball, so it's going to be really romantic. Oh, that's so excellent! Oh, so I'm so, I'm so excited. Well, <laughs> you between you and Kate Noble, I'm like, yes, I will be buying this. Thank you. I'm so pleased. Well, you don't actually have to buy it because it's it be free. free. Oh, no. <laughs> when are you planning on publishing it? Um, probably late October, early November excellent. at this stage. So, so just you know, really, it's right it's our, the it's holiday our Christmas, season. yeah, right for the holiday season, <gasps> basically. So. That's very exciting. And I've read the other stories and they're fabulous. <laughs> so what have you enjoyed about the Brisbane Writers' Festival? I've enjoyed the chat I've just had with Sarah. Because the <laughs> star of the show and trying to find her and talk to her has been really difficult. But oh. we've just had a nice chat. No, I just scurry because I want to go find the free food. <laughs> I, have no, I have no shame about that. Sandwiches, I'm going. Thank you. Green Room has food. Cookies. <laughs> It's, it's been really good fun because I missed Romance Writers of Australia this year, so it's actually been really good fun catching up with um, all my friends. I hate to say the only session I went to that was actually a real session was the one Sarah was in, which was about um, romance writing with the fabulous Amy Andrews and Oh, that was a fun Elaine session. Young. It was so funny. It was just, there should be a podcast of that around the place. It is already, uh, the audio is online. Yeah. I can link to it. The yeah, audio no, is available do, because now. That, that, that was, oh, it was fun. So that, it was hilarious. And, and what was hilarious was all of the girls were funny, but you were funny in slightly different ways. Yes, we were all very different, but <laughs> yeah. we were all very complimentary towards one another. Our, our humour all worked together. It was lovely. And, and the audience, you just had the audience in the palm of your hands. Oh. That was just well, that's the nice thing. If you do something about romance novels at a writer's festival, so few do panels on romance that when you do on all the romance readers are like, whoa, what? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're so there. And, and, and it was a little like a, um, a political rally because every time, you know, someone would say something great about romance, people would go, whoa, 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 and it was election day. Yes. So everyone here in Australia needed something to cheer about because everyone was like, oh, my God, it's, this is terrible. The election results are awful. Oh, my God. Somebody said earlier that I overheard that Australia has elected a prime minister that no one actually likes, which is rare for Australia. And I was like, you know, I kind of see how that's true. It's unfortunate. So what else are you working on? What's happening? Um, I'm actually writing the third Sons of Sin book. Um, so I, I, that will be out sort of latish next year you know sort of augusty september sort of thing and he's mr um it's one of those ones where you know he's mr cool and life just goes completely to sea when he falls in love which i'm having a wonderful time Uh, with because you like to torture your heroes i do but i think i'm getting funnier the latest one was a little bit lighter oh yes (laughs) you you have a good silly sense of humor that sort of punctures the the great angsty gloom and doom of torturing all your heroes So, and, and I'm laughing. When yes. you're tortured, I'm laughing. Yes, of course. <laughs> yes. When are you, do you think you'll next be in the States? 
I'm not sure. I'm not going to make San Antonio because um, if I do a trip next year, I really do need to do a research trip to the UK. Um, and as Sarah will back up, it's a hell of a trip. It's a bit of I'm flying tomorrow. It's about 22 and a half hours to get and, home. And you, you come out of the feeling planet. like you've been beaten, don't because you? Because you're still going around the planet. And, you know, on one hand, I'm here. I've been here a month. I miss my dogs. And on the other hand, I'm like, oh, my God, it's a long-ass plane ride. <laughs> and, and that whole time shift, you know, somehow oh, that 17-hour time shift or whatever it is, it's it just messes does you up. Yeah, so oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Someday. so I think, I, I, look, at, at the very worst, I think it'll be the San Diego RWA, RWA? because it's this side of yep. the Pacific, and yeah. I've always wanted to go to San Diego. But, I've um, wanted to go too. Perhaps earlier than that. That but, would be but, nice. So, yes, I'd love, because I have a lovely time in the States. I oh, so. yeah, we'd like to see you there. Oh, thank you, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were one of the first authors I met at my first RWA in 2007. Was when Sorry. you? Yeah, that was my first RWA, and you were there promoting your first book, and you were so excited. And now I have watched, like, you have so many more books. I'm like, but I remember her first signing. She's like, I'm signing my book. What's, what's really sad is there's actually film of that. And when I get excited, <laughs> I start doing high C's like Maria Callas. Mm -hmm. And so what actually happens is totally I start see. squeaking like a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, it's embarrassing. Dear. And there's actually footage of me from, I think it was the San Francisco one where Victoria Alexandra was, Alexander was interviewing people who'd left an Avon signing. And honestly, I sound like I've been on a helium balloon. It is so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen I'm going to have to go look it up. And that was Alvin the Chipmunk, last played by Anna Campbell, romance author. Do not adjust yourself. No, I'm sorry about that, people. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Thank you for interviewing me. Oh, it was a pleasure. And that really is the last of the podcasting from Australia because, well, I fly home tomorrow and then I'll be home by the time this comes out. I hope you enjoyed all of the mini interviews that I did and I want to thank the authors who were kind enough to sit down with me, Justine Labalestier, Scott Westerfeld, Graham Simpson, and Anna Campbell, I really appreciate their time, and I'm glad that they said yes when I asked if they'd talk to my laptop with me. The music that you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. This is a group called Dunn and Doris, and this song is called Pro Terescu or Reels. And I'm not sure how to pronounce Terescu, so if I'm saying it wrong, I apologize. I will have information in the podcast entry about where you can buy this song and what other things we might have from that artist. Podcast sponsor Intermix would like you to know about All of You by Christina Lee, a debut novel available now for download wherever Intermix ebooks are sold. This is a sexy and emotional new adult romance, so don't miss All of You by debut author Christina Lee. Future podcasts will include, yes, I promise, me and Jane, not just me, in Australia. But if you have a topic or a suggestion or a question you'd like to ask us, you can email us at sbjpodcast at gmail.com or you can call our Google Voice number at 1-201-371-DBSA. Don't forget to give your name and where you're calling from so we can include your message in an upcoming podcast. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, Jane and I both wish you the very best of reading. 